Hello and welcome to episode 59 of the Crochet Circle podcast. I am waving. How are you all doing? I hope you are well. The keen-eyed amongst you will have already noticed that I have a bit of a different setup today. Um, Claude for some reason has like this massive halo above his head. I think it's because one of the downlighters. But I'm testing out some new equipment today so um, if you're watching, hopefully it's an awful lot brighter. If you're listening, the sound quality should be as good, if not better. And um, yeah, you should be able to see everything because although it's really quite gloomy outside, um, I'm using all the downlights and I have a new ring light as well that I'm testing out. So hopefully, like fingers crossed, in edit this will all work. And also I'm trying all of this on... Um, on our tablet. I'm trying to record on our tablet because I feel like the quality of the video camera that I was using, which is a proper professional um, camcorder, is probably now so outdated that I'm not getting the best clarity possible. So I figured I will switch out to this tablet and see what that does for me. So it's all a little bit different. If you're seeing all of this, it has worked. If you're seeing none of this, I've burned it all because it's all tosh and I had to start again tomorrow. Um, how are you? I hope you're well. It is the 3rd of November as I record this. Big day today. Big, big day. Um, and... Yeah, I've just I've had to sit in the car for about half an hour because it was lashing it down, or as a, we would say in Scotland, it was gain at pelters. It was pelting it down. And then it turned into hailstone. Like it's the beginning of November. Why are there hailstones? Um yeah, so I had a little chill out in the car. Started looking at how you do Instagram reels. That's quite interesting. I think I might actually start doing some reels because it like, ticks that box for me that I love of jigging about and being stupid. <laughs> Let's face it, like being a dofty is part of my mission in life. But also linking music to what I do with the podcast. And um, somebody in the Global Hookup, I think it was Mandy, who came in on the Sunday from Australia, was saying how much she loved it when she sees me dancing about and prancing about at the end of the podcasts to music. And... I haven't been able to do that for ages because what happens is YouTube recognises the music even if it's a few seconds and it um, stops me from being able to monetize the podcast and while I don't make, you know, I'm not rolling in it from YouTube advertising but the little bit that does come in helps to keep the podcast running um, and so I can't, I can't do that anymore so whilst I do dance about like a loon before um, each and every podcast Today it was Taylor Swift Shake It Off. Um, I, I can't add it to the end of the videos. And I'm really missing that connection of music to the podcast. It was always such an integral part to me. So Reels would let me do that. So hmm, I have plans. <laughs> I, I will be on Instagram Reels at some point in the near future, I think. Um... Shall we get into a podcast? This one is called Face the Frog. And, uh, yeah, it's probably got a bit of a double meaning for me on that one. So just a bit of a life update, because as I alluded to in last month's podcast, there's quite a lot going on in our lives at the moment. Um, since February, mid-February this year, we've been getting the house ready to put it on the market. Um... If you're new to the podcast, I live in Cheshire in England, kind of the northwest of England, and um, we're, we're remaining in this area, but we have quite a large farmhouse and it's just, it's too big. We don't need it. It's a ridiculous waste of resource. And so we're actually downsizing. So like I say, since mid-February, we have been getting the house ready for sale, putting it on the market. It went on the market the day before lockdown in March. Classic timing. Um, it was actually good timing because it meant everybody was sat at home hating their homes or needing to upsize or downsize. And uh, they were all on right move. Like the stats for right move over um, that period of time were just 
unbelievable for how many people were sat on the website looking at houses to buy. So it probably was a good time to do it. The downside was we couldn't get hold of paint, render, tradespeople, anything. So I did a lot of the work and I have done it anyway. So we've we've got a really beautiful five bed old farmhouse. Um, it doesn't look like a farmhouse on the outside, but it's got lots of really lovely features on the inside. We have basically gutted it upstairs and downstairs, totally renovated it, done so much work on this house because we were never moving from it. Never say never. Uh, yeah, we're moving. <laughs> um, it's just it's just too big for us and whilst I love it and I've got this amazing space for my studio and my office, um, we can have fewer bedrooms, less space and have the same feel and um, just enjoy our lives and stop pouring all of our money frankly into a house that's too big for us that's a massive part of it as well we pay quite a lot of money to have this house and we've got rooms that we just don't even go into so that seems ridiculous when other people are struggling to get larger houses so we are downsizing that was my printer it's now finished talking to me that's it done for the rest of the episode hopefully um yeah so we're downsizing and what that has meant is that just so much of my time over the last eight months pretty much has been taken up on house stuff if you've seen me on instagram you'll have seen that i've been painting and renovating and sanding and doing everything um and some of that will continue when we get to the other end so we have had an offer on the house we thought we would be moving when this podcast goes out on the Friday two weeks ago from there. We're not. Um, and that's just in part down to um, the pandemic. One of the things in the UK, for those of you that aren't in the UK, we have a tax called stamp duty. And when you buy a house, you have to pay a percentage of the value of your house to the government in duty tax. Um, they've put a hold on that until the end of March. So what happened was... We came out of lockdown in the UK and they put a halt on stamp duty, which is thousands of pounds. It's a lot of money to be saved. And the housing market has just gone kaboom. Like, it's just been so, so busy because of um, those two things. And it means that all of the solicitors and conveyancers are flat out. The house surveyors are flat out. The banks are flat out working out whether they're going to give, give people mortgages or not. And then the face of um, like a potential economic crisis coming our way in 2021, the mortgage lenders have been really tight on what they want to lend out to people. So I have had to learn that I can't control everything, <laughs> which, you know, that goes against the grain for me. I, I'm in control of all of my life, but I can't control other people's diaries and ineptitude, um, especially solicitors. So I don't know when I'm moving. I expected to be recording this podcast from the new house and to be able to share bits of it with you and to be able to show you what I'm planning to do all my podcasting from and where my office is going to be. And I'm not. I'm in my beautiful existing office, my studio, which I love and I will miss dearly, but I'm not in the new house. And for those of you that have moved recently, you kind of forget, I guess, I'm guessing because I've never done this, but it's maybe a bit like childbirth that you forget just how painful it is <laughs> until you have to do it again. That's how moving a house is. The last time I sold a house was coming up for 12 years ago. And, uh, oh geez, that was a pain in the backside, honestly. And I'd completely forgotten how awful a process it is. And I know for some people it's really stressful. It's um, a lot for them to take on board. I, I don't find it particularly stressful. I'm not, I don't feel that way about it. I just find it frustrating that other people don't move as quickly as I require them to move. That's what I find annoying, that other people are just so slow, so... That's where we are. Maybe next month I'll be podcasting from our new house. I, like, give me wood to touch. I want, I want all the wood to touch. Can you please, can you all just go and just touch a little bit of wood for me and send me all of your good juju because I want to have moved house this month in November. I don't want it to lag into December. Even with the second like 
um, kind of lockdown wave, although it's not quite the same, we're still allowed to move house, so we can still do it before the 2nd of December, before they decide whether everything opens back up again. I just want to move house. I packed the house up weeks ago. <laughs> like, weeks ago. So we've been living in and around boxes. There are rooms that we just don't go into anymore, that we don't touch. There are rooms that have been completely cleaned down and we've called them lockdown rooms and there's like a grid on the fridge for the rooms that you're allowed to go into, the rooms that you're not allowed to go into. And um, yeah, it's just now, it's at the point where I just want my stash back. I, I want to be able to go and fiddle with my stuff and I want to know where everything is. So today I had to completely empty out one of the packed up rooms to go and find my hat blocking uh, model thing and some more yarn and my pom-pom makers. I still haven't found them. I don't know where they are. Like, I haven't got a clue. So I'm gonna have to go back through the room again to try and find my pom-pom makers or use a different method because life is too short to go through an entire room of boxes to find a pom-pom maker. I'll use a fork. Um, yeah, I just I want that all to be done. Apologies if I sound like I've been moaning. I'm not moaning. Like, I knew what I was getting myself into. But I'm just ready to have moved. And I can't wait to show you the new house. It's another period property. It's just smaller and it's filled with light. And I'm so excited to be able to show it off to you, but not yet. That was quite a long-winded kind of life update, but that explains why, um, why I'm quiet at the moment and also maybe explains why there's very little output coming from me in the podcast. Um, there has been loads of output. I have been on it, but a lot of it is for commissions and I can't show you them until they go live. But just to say this month, I have this month, I have done four shawls, finished off a cowl, done a hat and a pair of mittens and a bauble. That's just this month. So um, yeah, like everything else is still really busy, but unfortunately it's just not stuff that I can show off yet, but I will be. Shall we do old dog new tricks? Let me just get my yarn for this. So, I have been working on a jumper. It's called the Colourpop Sweater and I introduced it in last month's podcast and said it was what I was going to be working on. So knowing that we were meant to be moving two weeks ago, I had pulled out a couple of quite chunky projects that I knew I could do during the move and they were kind of put up down projects that I didn't really have to memorise a lot. And also that they were long-term enough projects that um, it might take me a couple of months to be able to finish them off. So the first one that I'm going to talk about is actually the Colourpop sweater. It's by Jo McEnrady, who is my square hat on Instagram. And you may remember I was doing it in um, quite deep oranges and that's what I was putting down to the sleeves, coming up into richer kind of pumpkin-y, mustardy tones and that's what my main body was going to be. And I had 400 grams of DK in quite a light decay, in quite a late light of my word. Let me take coffee. Maybe coffee will help me be able to say my words properly. Yes. In quite a light decay at 280 metres per 100 grams. The problem is I ran out of yarn and as you know, my stash is now downstairs and it's in Matthew's old office. And it was going to be like a monster sized effort to be able to go through it all and hope I'd had something in my stash that would blend and create a nice fade all the way through. And then I came up with the belter of an idea that actually what I could do, because it's DK that I'm looking for, was that I could pull together two strands of a four ply or maybe one that's slightly thicker and a thinner four ply and create my own variegated yarn that would work in the pattern. So what I did is I've got um, quite a dirty dark mustard coloured yarn. 
and which I was going to use for the ribbon cuffs anyway. And first of all, I tried it with mustardy yellow colour with little bits of cream in it, variegated yarn. And when I twisted them together, what it does is the solid mustard dulls off some of the brighter colours in the um, in the variegated yarn and the variegated yarn lifts some of the tone in the solid colour. Um, so I got what I thought was really quite a nice effect with um, blending those two. And when I say blending, all I did was held the two strands together and twisted them so I could see what the effect of the yarn would be. But when I added this one into my jumper, the the yellowy mustard was just, it's just too bright. And it's too much of a contrast with that pumpkin spicy orange that I had. So what I did was also looked at taking what is a much darker variegated yarn and adding the mustard into it, the variegated mustard, and seeing what that did. But I felt that the contrast was just too obvious. Um, that you could see what was the original one and what was the new one. And the the new one is my Indian Giant Squirrel, which I'd done socks in last month. So as a four-ply yarn, that it, it's got pink and red and green and blue and brown in it. Literally has all the colours. So what I then knew from blending those two four-ply strands was that the brighter mustard with the yellow couldn't be tamed down enough and was always going to be too obvious to add into my project. However, when I used the solid mustard against the Indian Giant Squirrel, I got a really nice colour blend and it wasn't that dissimilar to the pumpkin spice blend that I had um, that um, was going through the body of the jumper. It was a little bit darker, more muted, but it worked in the fade going from the spicy red into the pumpkin spicy orange colour and then it would have been like a slightly more subdued mustard but with the hints of the red and the pumpkin in it. So it worked really well and let me show you how it worked up on the back of the piece. So I'll add photos into the show notes. What I'm showing up is the arm of my jumper, which you can see is much darker. And then it's got this really nice fade going into the pumpkin-y orange colour. And then there's a decent fade going from the pumpkin orange into the blend that I got. Now, what I would say is if this is something that you're going to do, ideally, you want to double check that your yarn, the two strands that you're pulling together, are going to make pretty much the same thickness of the one that you are um, fading it into because otherwise mine was ever so slightly thicker I'm showing it up but you can see that it kinks out a little bit because it's thicker even though I used the same hook size on it the fabric is denser and the stitches are bigger because the yarn is of a heavier weight so whilst I really like the fade that I got from one colour into the next, I'm still going to have to frog it, but I'll come on to that later. But the point of this old dog new tricks is that you don't necessarily have to go out and buy more yarn. And yes, I could have done that, but I think it would have been really hard to have judged a yarn colour for this online. And obviously there are no yarn shows. None of my local yarn shops do variegated yarn like this. Like you're lucky to get variegated yarn in them full stop. So I knew there was no way that I could go out and shop for, physically shop for something that would work. And also I don't want to go out and physically shop for something that's not essential. Um, and so that's why I came up with this blending idea. But just play about with it, play with your strands, see if you like the look of it and play about with it in your project as well and make sure that you like the fabric that you're going to create and that it won't create such a difference. So I can definitely feel the difference between my one strand DK 
and the blended one that I've made is much thicker, it's much denser. And whilst it was going to be on the back of my jumper, I didn't really care about that. Actually, I, I think it probably would have annoyed me in the end. So it's one of the reasons it's getting frogged. But that's how you can create your own colour blend from existing stash. It's quite a handy tip, really. The second tip that I have for you because it's two, you get a bumper today, is around an easy way to frog your project. So, I know, I know some, somebody always asks, why is it called frogging? It's because you rip it back. You rip it back, so it's like ribbit from a frog. Um, I got this trick from my friend Katie. She got it from somebody from Instagram. Let me show you. I've got my live um, yarn here, and I don't mind ripping this back a little bit. If you have your live edge, roll it up into a sausage, and you can hold it. And again, I will have photos of this in Instagram. By rolling it up into a sausage so that your live edge is at the top of your... I say sausage. It's more like a Swiss roll. Roll it up into a Swiss roll. Make sure that your live edge is on the curled up part, the scroll part of your Swiss roll. And then you can just really quickly pull the yarn out. And what it means is um, you're not doing big massive movements with your shoulders because you're going from one side to the other, which is a real issue for me. It's a cause of concern and I get... Um, that my shoulders screwed anyway but um, when I'm doing those big movements diagonally they're the ones that give me real issues with my shoulder so by rolling it up into a sausage roll I'm not making those big movements it's just really easy to rip out my work and I'm doing less movement but my little Swiss roll fabric Swiss roll is just being pulled out really easily and then you could actually do it, potentially, if you were to hold that between your, maybe between your knees, you could be winding it back into a ball at the same time. Life changer, absolute life changer. Everybody needs a Swiss rolled frog. That's how to do it. Um, it just stops those mass movements and it's a really neat way of being able to frog back your project. You're welcome. So, moving on to en route, there's no point even talking about finished objects because there aren't any that I can share with you. So, en route, the one thing that I can show you that's crochet is this Colourpop sweater. And I mentioned earlier that I am going to frog it, but I'm going to frog it and remake it. Um, and let me show you why. So, you know, I have to fiddle about with a pattern. Now, the way that this is constructed is really great. I like it a lot. I think Jomi has created a very interesting construction for a jumper. So what happens is you start at the bottom of your sleeve, down at the cuff, and you work in spirals. You would actually do the ribbing, but I'm going to do knitted ribbing for the collar, the waist ribbing, and for the cuff ribbing. So I've started... Um, with the crochet, it's done in linen stitch, also known as moss stitch or tweed stitch, and you basically do it in a spiral all the way up and round. So I've created some really nice increases based on Julie's um, pattern, and then once you've got to the end of your sleeve, you add a bunch of chains, which would be the length that you require from your underarm down to wherever you want your um, jumper to come to minus the ribbing at the bottom. And then what you do is you work back up the chain, around the sleeve cap and back down the chain, turn and do another row and your row is then back down the chain, around the sleeve cap and up the chain on the other side. Really interesting construction I have never come across a garment that is done that way before and I really like it. 
and what that means is you can get really accurate length of sleeves which for me with my big long old arms is fantastic so i know exactly where i need my arms um to finish based on my underarm this is the bit like in terms of a jumper this is the best fitting sleeve i have ever made myself off the bat from a pattern without having to try and block it aggressively to make it longer so that works really well what i didn't know until i had actually finished the two back panels and sewn them together was i hadn't made it long enough that's on me i was trying to conserve yarn because i only had 400 grams um, and that's why i had to add the panel into the back but as soon as i had sewn that back panel in and i realized how much i'd sewn in i knew that there was no way i was going to have enough at the front to finish it off and make it sit nicely over my chest so um, and the other thing that i realized is that for those of you that are seeing um, this on video that i hadn't done enough on the sleeve cap part of it and that i had scooped the front too low um with my decreases so to that again totally on me because i'm fiddling with the pattern i'm using a different weight of yarn i'm using a different hook size if you follow the pattern and use the yarn you will get the uh, the jumper of your choice it's on me because i was fiddling so what i now know is i need to add probably at least another two inches onto this and what that means is i can have a much shallower scoop for my neck um, and be able to add length to this um, overall piece and not have a different fabric on the back now the other thing i would say is i was really trying to push the boat out by using these colors i wouldn't normally wear a garment that is this faded and this bright and I was, I was really trying to push myself to do something different and it's just not me like for loads of other people you'll be looking at this going I love the colors and I do personally I love the colors I just don't like them even the pumpkin one up at my face they're just doing nothing for me and I know that when I make this, remake this in a solid colour, maybe with a mustard at the um, cuffs and the collar and on the ribbing, I know I'm going to wear it all the time because I know I can get an amazing fit with it and not try to square peg round hole yarn into a pattern. And that's what I've done. And the other thing is I've got little bits of colour pooling that are happening on the sleeves and... <laughs> I know it's minuscule, but frankly, if you're going to spend this many hours on a pattern and this much money on yarn, I want something at the end of it that I can wear and be proud to wear and want to wear. I've made the mistake before with making garments that I've then not worn because there have been elements with them that aren't right. And there are just too many elements with this that aren't right. I mean, you can see now, even if this was done up, that would be such a massive scoop. It would be falling off my shoulders even with the collar on. I would basically end up looking like a busty wench from like a 16th century tavern. It's not the look I'm going for. Like I could get a wonder bra and really go for it, but no, it's, ju it's just not me. So I'm not gonna do that. So let me take this off and I'll give you another tip. So there are elements of this I really love. I like my sleeve length. If anything, I could take it down a little bit because um, I'm going to add a cuff onto that. So I could fog this whole thing right now. However, that wouldn't give me this as a frame of reference when I start my next one. So what I'm actually going to do is keep this so that I can make sure that when I work up my next one, my sleeves end up roughly the same um, size that I get the circumference to be right and that I know that I will make the length longer than this one and that I will change the scoop in the neck and make the shoulder caps longer. So rather than frog it, I'm going to keep this. This is the thing that I'm going to keep on measuring my new version up against. And then once I finish the, the one that I think I'm going to really love, 
then I can fog this. Um, and because it's linen stitch, I don't think it's going to be like that kinky in the yarn, so I can probably get away with not washing it and maybe just weight it down to um, relax the yarn a little bit. So whilst it feels like a tale of woe on my colour pop sweater, I just know that I'm going to love the next one because I already love the feel of this and I can see the way that I can make it um, fit me just exactly the way that I want it to fit me. So it's not all bad news. I will, I will make this again and I will make it right. And let me show you what I'm going to make it in. So as I alluded to, I'm going to remake my Colourpop sweater in a solid colour. And the colour that I'm using is this very deep teal. Um, it's like the teal that you get in the blade of a magpie's wing. That's what it's like. It's beautiful. And it's Erica Knight's British Blue 100. It's 100% Blueface Leicester and it's British, um, grown British spun. And it's lovely and soft. I've worked with this wool a lot. And um, so I know it's really lovely. I know it's going to pull because it's Blueface Leicester, but frankly, I'll just, I'll just glean my underarms, um, which is, it, it will pull for me in my underarms and down the side stretch of my bust, basically, but I'll just go over that and glean it to take the, the pills off. So I reckon I've got 700 grams of this, and I suspect having looked at my first trial on my colour pop sweater I think I'm probably going to need all 700 grams and what I'm going to do is exactly the same theory I'm going to knit the collar the cuffs and the ribbing down at the waist and I'm going to somehow introduce this golden mustard colour that I've got which came from um it's called Camgarn and I got it in um Iceland so I've got probably 150 grams of this uh, and I think the two colours together are just really beautiful so I suspect I'll be starting that this weekend keep a look out on Instagram to see how I get on with that um, I would just like to add that it's not the pattern's fault you know what I'm like I have to fiddle I have to change things um, it's totally on me because I just changed so many elements of the pattern to get it to be what I wanted it to be um, but it will come good I will um, start this and we will have a colour pop sweater that I really love it's, it's just not that one it's just got too many it's like a comedy of errors for a jumper that mm -mm. so I don't know what else I'm going to use that yarn for um, that like the feisty red and the pumpkin spice colours I will need to dream something up for them um, I don't know I'll find something so I haven't pulled together the project page on Evernote for my Colourpop sweater because frankly anything I can tell you at this point is about to be completely overwritten with my next version of it so um, I will do I will pull notes together on this and probably some nice photographs so you can see the construction because it is really clever you end up with two panels from sleeves, front panel and back panel and then you sew those two you sew down the front and you sew down the back and that's it and then add your ribbing in so it's really minimal construction but it's done in such an interesting way what I would say is if you're looking to do the Colourpop sweater a lot of the information for the pattern is in YouTube tutorials so you're going to have to have inter internet access if there are bits that you don't understand and you need to double check. So if you're not a visual learner and you expect everything to be written down in a pattern, this might not be the pattern for you, but if you don't mind nipping to the internet to check bits out and seeing Jomi's um, tutorials, which are really good, then a lot, um, quite, well, not a lot, but quite a bit of the pattern detail is in the YouTube tutorials. So just know what it is that you're signing up to. Step two, I'm definitely starting this this weekend because like, all of that pretty much was done last weekend. I just was on it, was loving it, and then tried it on and went, oh, <laughs> boom. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, well, whatever. I've got over it. I've got a new one to start. So the other project that I'm working on is a knitting one. So what I did, because you know me, monogamous, monogamous me, I um, now only work on one personal project at a time, one knitting and one crochet. So the knitting one that I pulled out, again, I wanted something that was a bigger project. I wanted something that was reasonably mindless because when you're dealing with a house move and all that entails, you don't want something that's really going to bend your brain. You just want something that's easy to memorise, that you don't really have to think about, that you can sit and chill out to. And um, yeah, that is just an easy project to work on. So what I'm working on is a skirt, a knitted skirt. And it's called the Tower of Strengths. That is what the design name is. And it's by a lovely designer called Jimmy and her design name is Jimmy Knits. Um, and I'm using three different colours for it. So again, I went stash diving for this before I packed up my entire stash palace. And let me just show you. I'll pop a photo into the show notes of the skirt as it is. But it's basically based on um, its colour work and it's based on columns um, in easy stitch repeats so you use three colors and it's not quite a mini skirt you could actually make it as long or as short as you like i'm contemplating making mine just above my knee i'm wearing it with my knee-high boots um but it's got this lovely just simple pattern repeat because it's um all knit stitch all the way around once you've done the ribbing for the top and then it is just knit one colour, knit the next colour, knit one colour, knit the next colour, and then a couple of bands of one of the colours. And oh, I just, I really liked it when I got it. I, I got it at Yarndale year before last. And I just really liked the idea of having a knitted skirt or a woolly skirt. Let's say that. So the yarn that I hold out for it is by Ashford as in the company that makes um, spinning wheels and looms. Um, I bought this when I was over in New Zealand. Five years ago, maybe more. Five years, maybe. And it's Ashford 8-ply and it's Ashford Carpel 100% New Zealand wool. And they've got it down as a double knit, but it's 200 metres per 100 grams, which I would say is more on the end of Aran worsted weight. And I'm using two different colours of Takapo. I've put details into the show notes. One of the reasons I went for this as my choice for the skirt, if you think about what I was just saying um, with my use of the Ericanite wool for my jumper, I've gone into that knowing that it's going to pill, knowing that I'm going to have to keep on top of that and manage it. So for something like a skirt where there's a lot more, I think, weight and tear, where I'm going to be sitting down on it, where the potential for it to felt is greater, where the potential for me to rub up against stuff is greater, frankly, the potential for a little cat, an annoying little cat, to come and claw my legs is it's not even greater, it's massive. Um, I needed to get a wool that was going to really stand up to the task of being a woolen skirt. So the reason that I went for the Ashford that was in my stash is not only because I had enough of it, so the quantities worked, hopefully, um, but also because it's a mix of Corridale and Perindale. So Corridale is soft and lovely. It means that when I put it on, it's not going to make my bum itch when I'm sat down. And um, with the Perindale, that is a, um, quite a decent staple length, which means durability and it hopefully will give the structure and a bit of the crunch that I need for a woolly skirt. So it should be much harder wearing and more durable and less likely to pill than BFL, Blueface Leicester or Merino would be in this situation. Obviously I won't know until I have actually got it on and I'm wearing it as a garment but my feeling is that's what it will do. I'm also painting those two Ashford yarns, which are, and one is called neutral and one is called slate. And the neutral is like 
a very light oatmeal-y cream colour. And the slate is a bit misleading because it's probably more like a, a very light grey teal. It's more teal than it is grey. And it's not like a blue slate colour, which is why I think slate is misleading. It's definitely more on the teal end, but it's quite quite a light but dull shade of, of um, tealy grey blue. So I'm pairing the neutral on that slate up with what's quite a light, not, not fawny brown, quite a light, how would I describe that? It's like a rich creamy brown colour. And I really love the three colours together. So I know that in the construction of the skirt, I need more of the Ashford colours than I do of that brown, and which is just as well, because I only have one skein of it. And I chose it because I thought the colours worked really nicely together. It was nice and subtle, which, you know, increasingly, I'm just learning to accept that I like, I like subtle clothing. I'm not big on masses of colour. It's just not me. Frankly, my personality is big enough that I don't need to show off my clothing. Um, that I'm far more likely to wear something that's subtle. And I think there's just enough definition in the colours for each of the stripes through the three colours that I have chosen. And I'm really loving it. Like I say, it's quite a nice mindless knit. I'm not having to think about it. It's just easy, easy going. I've just seen when I've dropped a stitch, that's not good. Um, but yeah, I'll just I'll keep on plodding away with this one. I'm not in any rush to do it. I'm just enjoying having something that I can go back to, and I think it's going to be gloriously warm because one of the benefits of colour work is whilst you're not necessarily working with two strands, you have got a double strand material, so it's really quite nice and dense, which is lovely. Now the other thing about this is, having done a part of a knitted skirt, I really want to do a colourwork crocheted skirt. I think that's going to be a future design in progress because, like, I can I already know the colours that I want to use. I already know the yarn that I want to use for it. I just need to think up what my design is going to be. But one of the benefits of this skirt design that Jimmy has done. Is it's just really simple and relaxing and if I can pull that into a crocheted design of a skirt then I think that's a winner because it's quite it's quite a big area to do for a skirt um, and yeah it's kind of it's kind of got my creative juices flowing on making my own crocheted designed skirt we'll see see what happens so there are my two en routes, that's it. They were purposefully quite big projects. <laughs> Obviously my Colourpop sweater is now an even bigger project than I expected it to be because I want to rip it out and redo it. Cerevi, that's my frog. It's better, like one of the reasons I called this episode um, Face the Frog is because one, I'm gonna have to frog that. And two, it's better to just face the pain of dealing with that than have yarn tied up in my wardrobe that I'm not going to wear and to continue putting time and effort into this jumper when I know it's not going to lead anywhere. So I'm facing that frog and I'm swallowing it. This is, um, it's business terminology that if you've got a task, a set of tasks and there's one that you really don't want to do, then it gets called the frog and that should always be the first thing that you do in your day. Swallow your frog first, then the rest of the day is just gravy from then on out. And if you've got more than one frog, you swallow the biggest, ugliest one first. And then it all gets easier. So, that's my frog. And we'll be dealing with the frog. On to feeding the habit. Uh, my, my yarn band continues. But I continue to be able to get new yarn in my life, which is... Uh, you know, it's a talent. It's a real talent to be able to do that. Um, you may remember that last month I had a massive de-stash of lots of my craft supplies. And in doing so, what I actually did was a little skein swapsy with Lisa, who is Lisa Raspberry Crochet, who'd also been doing a yarn um, de-stash on her Instagram. And so she got a skein of tweed yarn from me and I got a skein of tweed yarn from her. 
um, different tweed yarns. So mine is from Studio Donegal and the yarn type is um, it's called Darnay and this one is a four ply fingering weight. It comes in at 410 metres per 100 grams and it's 100% lamb's wool so it is beautifully soft and I am pretty sure that this one is spun in Ireland. I don't think it's Irish wool but it's spun in Ireland. It's really lovely and soft and it's quite a bright uh, turquoisey colour but it also has little flecks of mustard in there. I wouldn't quite call them nips. They are more like flecks of mustard that have been introduced into the yarn. I've got some other Studio Donegal in my stash and so this is going to join it and become something at some point. But it's great because Lisa got rid of something that she didn't want and received something that she did want. And I got rid of something that I no longer wanted and received something that I did want and all for the price of postage and that was it. So this is the only thing, yarny thing, that has crossed the threshold in the last month. And I would say that having, <laughs> having packed up my stash in many, many, many boxes, I am reminded of the fact that I probably don't need to buy yarn in 2021 either. I think, yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm going to sign up to a full yarn ban like I have this year, but I think that I just need to take a long hard look at myself every time I think I want yarn and just go, no, 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 you don't. You've probably got something in your stash that you can use or take your own words of advice and blend things to make a DK yarn instead. So let's see what happens in 2021. That said, when we move house and I get to the new house, one of the first things I'm going to do is have a little splurge to like pat myself on the back for having dealt with the house move because I deserve it. I so deserve it. Um, I've I've been dealing with all of it to kind of shield Matthew from it so that he can just continue to heads down and get on with his work. And uh, yeah, it's, it's been interesting. So as soon as we've moved house, I am buying me a jumper's quantity of something. I don't know what yet, but something is coming my way. Okay, so quick news beats. Um, the November Global Hookups are on the 21st and the 22nd of November. So the 21st is the Saturday night one, 8pm GMT, we're now in Greenwich Mean Time in the UK and the Sunday one is 9am GMT and uh, yeah, come along and say hello, we have had some new faces of late which is lovely. Um, you can dip in and out, you can spend as long as you like with us or come in later on, whatever you fancy. It's a very chilled out space, it's um, very informal. Um, Often people are in their pyjamas, whether it's the Saturday night or the Sunday morning. And it's just a nice space to be with people and sit and craft and ask questions. And um, yeah, just generally it's a nice little community space. And uh, I suspect some people might need it this month because especially if you're UK based and elsewhere and you're facing second wave of being told to stay indoors. So um yeah, come and join us. It's a really nice place to be and it's full of just lovely people and good fun. My other quick news beat is to say thank you for the people that came back to me and said that they were also having issues with Evernote. I don't know what it is. Um, it's less of an issue this month because I have nothing to put in for a project paid for Evernote because I'm frogging what I would have been putting down. But I'm on it, I'm going to try and sort it. And if I can't resolve it, I will find another way of getting that information to you. It might be that I have to just build up project-specific blog posts for it instead. Um, which wouldn't be the worst thing in the world, but what it might be is I use Evernote for my own personal build-up of the project and then transfer that into a blog post. So just to say I'm on it and for the things that I've already put into Evernote that you're struggling to access at the moment, whatever resolution I come to, I will put the back catalogue of stuff 
into that new solution as well. So it won't be that some stuff is on Evernote and unattainable. I'll sort it out for everything. So, but just not now. I just have too much other stuff going on and it's not top, top priority for me, but I will get to it. It's in Trello. It's in my list of things to sort out for the podcast. Um, final quick news beat is to say thank you to um, the people that continue to support on Patreon. It really makes a difference and um, I just thought I'd give you a little bit of update on what the money is actually being kind of pulled together for. So ever since I started doing the video part of the podcast, I always have to like big steel and borrow a little bit of Mac time on Matthew's Mac, which he uses for work. Like he delivers training, so he's on it pretty much all day long. And so what I have to do is pre-agree with him when I can record, uh, when I can get his Mac, so that'll be tonight, because he needs it tomorrow, tomorrow night, Thursday, Thursday night. And um, it's just a real bind. It means I have to be very specific with when I record the podcast and when I've got time booked in to be able to edit it. So I've been doing a bit of background research and I've discovered that I can get a really decent second-hand Mac from eBay for about three to four hundred pounds. So I am pulling together all of the patron money and I have also kept aside the money that um, came from the de-stash that I did and I'm going to pull it all together and get myself set up properly with a Mac so that I can edit the podcast in my own time and not have to get Matthew to boot him out of his office for me to be able to edit. So I think that will be once we've moved I'll be able to afford that. So that's what your money has been pulled together to do at the moment. And it just offers up so many other opportunities for me to do more bits and pieces um, for the podcast because also at the moment I'm taking up loads of his hard drive space. <laughs> like it just stopped work. I iMovie stopped working because I had so much podcast stuff sat on his Mac. So he's been very patient over the last, what, four years? And it's now time that I kind of get my own computer for the podcast. And uh, yeah, I stop hassling him and stealing his office space to be able to do what I need to do for you guys. So that's what the Patreon money is going towards. I just thought it'd be a nice update to know where your money is going and what it's going to help to support in the future of the podcast. So thank you very much. So my next one is Big Up. And this one is going out to a lovely crochet clan member called Claudia. Claudia is based in Germany. She's always a mighty network. She's always keeping stuff going. She's on Instagram. She's a multi-crafter. She's predominantly a crocheter, but she can turn her hand to pretty much anything. And um, yeah, she's been doing a lot of color work crochet recently. And one of the things that she did was she designed a cowl and it's called the Fae Cowl. <laughs> like, I don't know, other people that have got a name that isn't like a really popular name, you will understand this. As a small child, you go into places like petrol stations and you see those twirly marketing things of like key rings and pencils and fridge magnets with people's names on them. And your name is never there. It's never there. Like Faye is not a popular name, never has been, never will be. And even if, like, I think maybe two times in my life I've found things with Faye on them and it's always been Faye with an E. It's never Faye without an E. So I've never had anything that's, like, for my namesake. So for Claudia to design a cowl and to call it the Faye cowl is, like, super special. She doesn't know this. But I'm, I've never had anything in my name, so it's just incredible to have something that's, like designated to my name it was really nice um she's doing loads of color work designs at the moment and she's putting them all up for free in the crochet clan mighty network so if you're looking to try some color work 
Um, she's doing a lot of them as cowls, which makes them really quick projects. Um, I think she did the fake cowl inside of two days. So really speedy. They're quite addictive as well to do colour work like that because you're like, oh, next row, what, what happens with the next bit of the of the pattern? Um, so she, her patterns are available in Mighty Networks. Go and have a look. But she's also been sneaking in some podcasts and um, showing off her crafting. It's really lovely. So check her out. I've added links into the show notes. It's Sunbird, the Sunbird Crochet. Check out what Cloudy is up to. Really nicely videoed. And um, yeah, she just does some really nice projects. But check her out on Instagram, Sunbird Crochet because she's a multi-crafter and her stuff is really lovely and she is just like an all-round lovely human being who have a lot of time for Claudia and I know lots of you do as well so yeah go, go and give her a check out and she yeah she gets my big up this month because she's just a fab person she's lovely okay and my j'adore for this month is you. I've noticed a... yeah yeah I mean you. Yep you. You. I've noticed a general trend this year because of the pandemic and the situation that people are in whether they're homeschooling, having to now work from home, everything is just different and I've noticed with a lot of people in the networks, on Instagram, within global hookups, like the Crochet Clan, people saying, oh, I used to do that, but I'm not doing that anymore. And the thing that quite often they're not doing anymore is investing time in themselves and the things that they really enjoy. So um, it might be that they're no longer going out and exercising like they used to, or they're not that having that long soak in the bath or whatever whatever it is that tops them up they've stopped doing this year. I would say that um, for lots of us it's in our nature to look after everybody else first. You kind of look around, you put yourself on hold and you see what everybody else needs and you fulfil the, their needs first and make sure that everybody else is okay. And that's fine but if you're not doing what you need to keep yourself topped up, then your foundation stones start to crumble. So, if you need somebody to tell you to have that long bath, to go for that run, to sit for an hour in crochet, to go for a walk on your own without family members, to do whatever it is that regenerates your batteries and gives you that energy again so your foundation stones are good, I'm giving you that out just go and do it take time out for yourself make sure that you're good and then you're going to be better able to support everybody else but if you just keep on running flat out looking at everybody else your batteries are going to flatten out and that would be a real shame so please just look after yourselves <laughs> please keep yourselves top top please make sure you're taking time out for yourself Please make sure that you're looking after yourself and doing what you need to do to keep you running so that then you can support everybody else but keep yourself running first and foremost. So we would say in Scotland, consider yourself telt. You have been told to look after yourself and invest time in yourself. Do the things that make you happy first and foremost. That felt a little bit like a lecture and I really didn't mean it like that. I just, you know, when you see lots of people around you saying, oh, I used to do that, but I don't do it anymore. And it was, it was things that you would define as being part of their every being. It was really part of them as a person. You could see it was the thing that they really got an enjoyment from. And if they're not doing that, then that's a real shame. Um, so hopefully... Some, you know, if somebody says, oh, why, what are you doing that for? You can say, well, Faye told me I had to. There you go. Faye says you can. That's it. The Crochet Clan says that you can, so that's it. Go and do it. Crochet Clan says yes. <laughs> right, my lovelies, I'm done. I don't know how long or short this one's going to be because, yeah, there's a lot of spraffing and not very many projects and apologies, but house move. Um, right, I shall see you next month. 
don't know where, don't know when I do. It's the 4th of December. I just don't know where the hell I'm going to be. I might be here. I mean, it's bad news if I'm still here. Touch wood. Keep on touching wood for me. I will see you on the 4th. Have a lovely month until then. See you soon. Bye. Weaving. Oh, my new hair, do you like it?